Roundup with Dan O'Neill, presented by RCG Mortgage. For those that don't know, my name is Dan O'Neill. I'm a real estate agent on Long Island, New York, and I've had my license for about 17 months. I'm very blessed and grateful to have had some success this far. Uh, I was named top 20 under 40 by the YPN and LIBOR for this year, and have a lot of other tips and techniques that I'll be sharing throughout the podcast, as well as bringing other industry professionals on board. Um, you know, I've wanted to do this podcast for a very long time now, basically since college. I just didn't really think that anyone cared for what I had to say. Um, I still don't think anyone really cares for what I have to say, but now now I just don't give a shit. <laughs> so with that being said, please welcome our sponsor, my first guest, my inaugural guest, uh, broker owner of RCG Mortgage, Andrew Russell. What's up, what's up, what's up, Dan O'Neill? What's up, brother? I got that down. All right, cool. So, <clears throat> you know, obviously the point of this podcast is going to be bringing different real estate professionals and, and industry people in and finding out why they're successful, they're wise, why they love doing what they do, why they don't like the business, and just, you know, different things. Um, it's really for educational purposes, and I want this to be funny as shit. So um, I think the best way to open into this is kind of just how how we met. Um, you know, obviously, so the way that we met was um, I was going to a wedding in a week. This is back in, I think, March or April. I was going down to Miami. I was super excited. I had a couple deals in the pipeline, you know, supposedly closing that week. And um, I have a listing, and I get a call from the buyer. So the buyer is not even my buyer. Obviously, as you know, it's my listing. He's completely, I don't even know how he got my number. So he calls me up, I'm driving, I think I'm going to the mall, they go get clothes or something, and um, you know, he calls me up and he goes, hey, I have uh, good news, bad news. So I'm like, oh, okay, well, like, well, you know, he's like, what do you want first? Uh, give me the bad news first. So he's like, uh, yeah, Quicken Loans pulled my, pulled my commitment, I can't close on the house. So I'm like, holy shit, what, what, what's the good news? <laughs> he's, like, uh, he's like, yeah, I still want good news, I still want the house. So I'm in my, in my car, about to have a stroke, about to freak out. And um, so I hang up on him. I, I tell him, you know, I'll call him back. Let me figure it out. So the week prior to that, I met with Zach at the diner. And Zach was telling us about how this guy, Andrew Russell, he looks like Thanos. He looks like he's a fucking a villain in a, in a movie. How he just saved his deal that was dead for three months and so got it to close. Yeah. <laughs> so basically said that you got it to close, I guess, like within a week after it was dead for three months. So I don't know what went off in my head. It was just a light bulb. I was running around trying to find your number. I called you up. This guy's in a fucking helicopter in Vegas shooting, like, RPGs at a bachelor party. Picks up my phone call and just like, yeah, man, don't worry about it. Like, like yeah, don't worry about it. We're gonna, we'll, we'll get it. We'll get it done. Just send me the info. Literally gets the deal to close in probably, like, 10 days. So <clears throat> it was amazing. And from that, I just knew that we were definitely going to be using you. <laughs> Did you have the same similar memory? <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I was at the hopefully the last bachelor party I ever go to in my life. So, you know, we made the exact decision a lot of guys were in the late 30s, early 40s, and, you know, instead of the pool parties and the wildness, we were going to ride, you know, like basically bumper cars in the middle of the desert, which <laughs> wasn't all that safe, and shoot 50 cal machine guns from helicopters an hour out of, outside the strip at, <laughs> like, the mountains at Targets, which is very safe. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, look, Dan O'Neill, Dan O'Neill's like the William Wallace of real estate. All of a sudden, I see this call come through, and I'm like, oh, my God. Look who's calling me. So, of course, I'm about to hop on a helicopter in the middle yeah. of the desert, right outside of Vegas, and shoot machine guns at the mountain. 
And I'm like, I gotta answer this call. Literally, that's my commitment to Dan O'Neill. <laughs> yeah, when, so. you, when you when you told me that too, like I pictured you guys just like hammer drunk in a helicopter with like the big like big big earphones on, just shooting RPGs and machine guns. They actually don't let you drink; they give you a breathalyzer. Really? Yeah. I mean, I guess that makes sense. Why, why would they yeah, you don't want to be drunk shooting 50 cal. <clears throat> no, not at all. So so after that happened, so we started working together. The deal closed. It was awesome. I was in Miami. I had a great time. Uh, then we went to Insignia because I never met him before. I never met you in person before ever. So then we go to Insignia and, um, you know, we're sitting there. And in my head, like, my girlfriend's got me big into white wine. Big, big white wine guy. And, um, you know, you're this fucking super villain guy. You're like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you look like Thanos. Uh, your hands could probably squish my head. And you walk up and you're like, yeah, can I see the wine list? So I'm like, all right, maybe he's going to want red. Like, you know, I went in thinking, I Ubered there. I Ubered there 100%. So I thought we were drinking like... Yeah, you took wood. me as like a vodka <clears throat> Yeah, no, not even like a like a Woodford, Woodford Reserve on the, like neat. That's how I'm like, oh shit, like this is going to be fun. And uh, you're like, yeah, I'm, in my head I'm like, there's no way this guy's about to get a Sauvignon Blanc. And you ordered Chris. a Sauvignon Blanc? Yeah, Chris. <laughs> the Christmas Sauvignon, Sauvignon Blanc. <laughs> so I knew we were going to be boys from that point on. So... Happy to be that you're here. Happy that you're sponsoring the show. I think it's going to be a great show, and it's going to be uh, very educational and funny for everyone. So that being said, obviously, you are the broker owner of your own mortgage company, um, which is very interesting to me because you don't really see that a lot of times. Most people are happy with what they're doing as loan officers. They're content. They make their money. You know, they go home to the wife and kids. That's it. You, obviously, you know, as broker owner, like, I just want to find out what led you to this point, what has led you to your success, like how this has all started. So I guess really the first question is talk about like where you grew up, how you kind of grew up, and how you got into this business, essentially. Like what yeah, led you to... That's a great question. So I grew up actually down the street from over here in Smithtown. I grew up in Smithtown, uh, went to Chaminade, took the train four years, lived the dream. Chaminade. Uh, yeah. Went to <laughs> Fairfield undergrad, played football, uh, ended up going to Post for my master's in counseling. I was veering left to be a guidance counselor, which I did initially. And then, uh, I don't know if you know this, living on Long Island, making, you know, in the five figures is very difficult, especially for one person who had 180000 in student loans. So, Damn. yeah, somebody was like, remember that kid you went to middle school, literally, went to uh, middle school with at Smithtown? He's at Sterling National Bank. He's in the mortgage business. He's killing it. And Shamad actually had this relationship with a broker. So my senior year, I did telemarketing at a broker in Plainview. Mm-hmm. And, you know, back then it was like 98, 99, whatever it was. And it was really simple. It wasn't much sales and telemarketing. But I just remember that and wanted to get back into it. So I actually started at the crash at Sterling National Bank. Talk about bad timing, I guess, technically. (laughs) But the good news is I'm definitely war-tested that I've started this business at the crash and I've consistently done better and niched myself out, which I guess is a key to my success. Well, so you got in, did you know that it was crashing? Did you get in before? Did you get in after? I got in right before. So I did. So you didn't even know. So you kind of just got thrown right into the shit of things. Correct. And what made you decide, like, what was it in your head that made you say, okay, well, I've done all this to become a guidance counselor, I'm going to make an entire career change and now get into mortgages because mortgages is commission-based, right? Absolutely. Same thing with as an agent. So, you know, it's a very similar situation to what I did. I was making decent money as like a 22, 23-year-old, or at least I thought I was. And to leave like a salary position and just go straight into real estate where you're not making any money your first couple of months, no matter who you are, you know? So what made you kind of make that change? Like something had to happen, no? Like, it's a great question. So I just love sales. So there's not a lot of sales in mortgages per se. I feel like it's a lot of counseling. So although I don't have a business background, I have okay. a master's more on the psychology side. So you know, as you can attest, especially on a purchase, when the infancy stage, like talking to somebody, they don't know anything about the process, they're anxious, they need somebody to go through the process. Yeah, hold their hand, yeah. Exactly, to the end, which we've got to, where they get the keys, everyone's happy. That whole process to me is like a counseling process more than um, you know the business side. So 
I think that was one of the reasons why getting to the mortgage side, even though it is sales technically, and like you said, I've been commissioned since I started day one, yeah. um, I still get to leverage my counseling abilities, I think, because the process is very you know, psychological. Was there a time where you just said, like, you know what, this is done, like, did something happen? Or it was just like, I really want a career change, the guidance counselor thing is not for me. Essentially, I'd rather take that and use it into this business where I can maybe double my salary, triple, whatever the case. Like, was it... I think the truth is, is that um, I, after paying my student loans and rent, didn't have all that much money. And I yeah. understand that uh, the mortgage side from my friends is a little bit more lucrative, so I figured I'd give it a shot. Okay, so you start at Sterling National, crash happens... You're probably not making any money yet. It's probably <laughs> controlled chaos. Um, did you have like a mentor that kind of brought you in and taught you how to, you know, I mean, like you can't just walk in and, and start sales. Like, you know, when, when I got my first, when I first got my license, for our side of things, it's kind of like these offices, these brokerages, sorry to whoever's listening, <laughs> they just take on anyone. You know, it's kind of like uh, it's sink or swim. So if you take on 100 people and two people want to panning out, it's like, okay, it's a home run. The other 98 people, you know, will go away and do something else, and these brokers just don't really care. So a lot of these offices don't really offer that great of training. So you really have to have somebody or you have to have the drive yourself to really – I've seen so many people fail so far. It's crazy. And I, in, in my head, the reason that I think I've had any success so far is just because it was – I mean, it was either sink or swim. If I wasn't selling any real estate, well, then I'm moving in with my parents, and I don't want to live with my mom anymore. I love my mom, but, uh, <laughs> you know, I don't want to sleep in a twin-sized bed. So for me, it was sink or swim. You know, either this is going to work out or it's not. And I was not willing to let it not work out. So I did anything possible. So did you have, like, a mentor that kind of helped you and brought you in and showed you what to do? or? Yeah, I would explain it to you that Sterling was phenomenal for the new person. They actually flooded us with leads, internet leads, lending trees, lower my bills, things of that sort. So, you know, same with real estate. If you start as an agent, initially, what's your issue? Clients. You don't have any clients, right? Yeah. So how do you alleviate that? Uh, you get Zillow leads, it's Realtor leads, OpCity, Z all that Z stuff. Zillow, they, all these, these different, these different like, agencies like Zillow, Trulia, I mean... Some people have a lot of success on it, but I've never had any success on it. I don't think it, I don't know. I don't know if it works or not. So for us, it was lending tree leads on the purchase side. So I was competing against like, it was me and like say Quicken Loans. And I usually mm -hmm. bat a thousand that I could talk to somebody, hold their hand, go over what the pre-approval looks like for 30, 45 minutes versus like the typical Quicken Loans loan officer whose experience would be a little bit different. So I was very successful on the lending tree side. And that's how I kind of like got into the business because I didn't have clients at that time. So yeah. I was very lead driven initially, which I think was a very good plan on their end. Yeah, absolutely. And that's smart too. I mean, so then, so how long were you with Sterling? When did you so kind Sterling, of... I was with them for two years. I think I hit a ceiling of how much I was going to make and my opportunity. So I left on good terms, but left to go to United Northern. So once United Northern basically brought the lending tree, you know, piece. So, you know, by going there, there was a little bit more flexibility. I had a great relationship mm -hmm. with the owner. Um, and my manager at the time. So I was there for a few years. I ended up leaving going to a different company two years later doing somewhat similar. Uh, after a year, I got into more uh, wholesale business, which is B2B instead of B2C. So in other words, I was working with other brokers asking for their business <laughs> yeah. instead of working like with your client, which is B2C. Mm -hmm. um, did very well, ended up leaving, going back to United Northern to build their wholesale division, which I got a phenomenal opportunity by Don Giorgio, which I'll be grateful forever for that opportunity. And then at United Northern, I saw that the broker side was making this massive comeback because listen, I got into the business in 07. 08, um, 09, like the crash time um, specifically. So I never saw the broker model, which was, you know, aggressive, you know, lenders coming in and vying for business. When you get into the business after the crash, lenders are very careful, very much protect the company, which of course I empathize and I understand. 
where the broker side, especially what I saw in 2014, 15, as they made their comeback was very much like, just like that loan we did together. How yeah. can we get it done? How can we drive volume? You know, that whole thing, which is a cool concept. So before I just dove into the pool of being a broker owner, I got the advice by my attorney to go to a company to kind of run it to see if there was anything that I was missing before, you know, at that time my wife was pregnant and she was gonna be a stay-at-home mother, which we're very blessed for. So, you know, I wanted to make sure before I put our whole livelihood at stake, there yeah. was nothing that I was missing. And there wasn't, you know, payroll dynamics, compliance, all the little things like that. So I thought that I could handle it. So I actually applied for my license uh, and I got it April of 2017. So I always find it interesting. So my inspiration to really finally do this was Charles, uh, the Handsome Homebuyer podcast. He absolutely kills it. Shout out to Charles. So I'm kind of not like copying him, but I've definitely taken his idea and I'm turning it into my own. Um, it was definitely an inspiration. So I find it interesting. He has all these guys like Brian Carp, he has Beth on, he has Larry Theodore, who's this Nassau County legend only takes like 8% listings. So he has all these guys on his podcast or these all these people on his podcast and he always asks like what their daily schedule is. I find it so interesting what people's daily schedules are. Aesop German, dude, wakes up 4 o'clock in the morning. He's got like 30 pound weights on his ankles. Probably goes to the gym for 3 hours while he's making calls. Like for me to have my success, I'm not doing that yet. Like I find it really hard to wake up at 4 o'clock in the morning. What is your daily schedule like? It's got to be crazy. Yeah, so, you know, I guess I, I took a vested interest into my company really leaving our mark especially on the service side and just you know our brand getting out there so to do that I immersed myself in a lot of like coaching and consulting groups and just like you said the concept of like scheduling and time blocking and all that stuff was birthed to me about a year ago so my whole week Monday through Sunday I actually have drawn out per hour literally granular this is what I do at every single hour of every single day which wow. then goes into my outlook calendar which then I have you know reminders daily weekly monthly you know yearly so yeah. what does that look like you know and obviously you do your best you try to do it sometimes you know we have our YPN events at night and yeah, we sleep yeah. a little bit later than we should yeah. but you know I wake <laughs> up usually at five o'clock I go downstairs and do like my typical you know note-taking journaling meditation not the biggest you meditate? I try. Yeah. I'm not, you know, I feel like I'm in the show, <laughs> I, the show Billions. Like, I can't. Like, it's just I cannot see you sitting there like. Oh you know what I do? <laughs> Truly, I sit there. I go on my laptop and I try to like plan out the day, close my eyes, and envision all the things happening. It definitely helps. Yeah. Uh, then I go to CrossFit. So what happens is I actually you do go, CrossFit. I do. I can't do that shit, man. My my joints. I'm 25 years old. I have the joints of like a 90 year old man from playing college baseball. So really, what happens is I go to CrossFit. I come home. I sit on the couch for 20 minutes and ask God for death. <laughs> I don't die, which is cool yeah and then i go and shower it's crazy man i i from playing baseball my joints are absolutely shot i literally i mean i feel like a 90 year old man i'm putting like ben gay and 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 biofreeze on my shoulders every yeah. day like i go play around the golf and i'm miserable for two days i can't even go to the gym anymore it's terrible yeah i'm not gonna tell you my back squat is anything respectable <laughs> but i'm working on it i mean you, you look good <laughs> you look good um so i mean you block everything off for for the entire week every week so yeah like my typical schedule is and i try to live by it and course correct obviously but monday i do my follow-ups and realtor calls so like you know the realtors i work with i call them on monday see if there's anything i can help them with and see how they're doing and anything I could add on top of their game. Tuesdays now, I actually do videos with Mike. That's what I'm time blocking for the rest of my life. So every nice. Tuesday from 10 a.m. till, you know, he's sick of me, we're doing our videos. That's what, that's what we got on Wednesday now, Mike. Yeah, Wednesday we I try to do my milk route, so I actually go out, visit my realtors, hit the offices, be obviously visible in person, which is important. See, you, you can do this too because you have built such like a good team around you that like now you can be out doing that kind of stuff. You're not really so much as sitting there picking up these phone calls and, and dealing with the, the daily bullshit that comes with this business. Like, you know, Evan can handle that or 
Ariana or you know Alicia, everyone can handle that now. You're at a point I feel like where you can do these things where you're not stuck in an office all day, just picking up your phone, right? Yeah. So other you know sectors within our business like title companies, bank attorneys, buyer attorneys, insurance guys, they all say the same thing. They're actually like Andrew, you're not in the business, you're working on the business, and that's, that's always smart. the concept they're saying, yeah. and that's true. It's very easy. I mean, you obviously see the fires yeah. that come up daily and all that stuff. To it's just your whole business. day from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. goes like in a blink of an eye. You're like, what did I do today? So I put out two fires and be stressed. Yeah. So, you know, I'm a massive, massive Jet fan, but I do consider, <laughs> our, I do consider you know, I've hired the Patriots, you know, meaning specifically at this point, I'm very blessed and lucky to have, I definitely call the mega team because like you said, you could really work on the business if you're not in the business. And if you have an amazing team, that's what the key to success definitely is. I mean, that's what Aesop German says, right? Dream, what is teamwork it? Makes dream T- teamwork makes a dream work. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out Aesop too. Um, I love Aesop. Um, so, I mean, my, my daily schedule, you know, I'm working on it. I see all these mega successful people that say, like, exactly what you just said. My entire day is, is blocked out. I don't necessarily do that yet. I mean, I'm getting a lot better with putting everything in my Google Calendar, blocking out, like, okay, every week from 8 to 9 o'clock, I'm going to call four sale by owners, I'm going to do expireds. But I'm, I have the tough time with waking up at 5 o'clock in the morning. My girlfriend, luckily, I mean, she takes the train to the city every morning, like 6 a.m. So I'm now getting up at 6 a.m. and I'm making it a habit. And the last like probably month, month and a half, I'm up at 6.30, I feel good, I'm, I'm making these phone calls, you know, 7 a.m., getting everything done, so that way my day is a lot easier instead of getting to the office at 9 or 8.30, and now I'm like uh, putting out fires all day, can't even get to these phone calls, so by waking up a lot earlier, I'm getting so much more done, and I had the best month of my entire life last month. Nice. I think it's a direct correlation to waking up early, so if you're a newer agent, if you are a seasoned agent and you have that, you know, tough time waking up early, I feel like you need to look at all the successful people and, and why they're successful. I've never heard somebody that's like a crazy millionaire or crazy successful say, yeah, sleep till noon every day. Unless they started like some sort of bullshit app or something. Like, well, not bullshit, but, you know, so unless they made some sort of app, that most people are successful because of their habits. So I always find it really interesting to find out their habits, and I'm definitely working on that. Um, another question I wanted to ask you, and I'm going to ask every, everyone this on the podcast. So I had kind of like a make or break moment for me. Um, my first, so when I left my previous job, I just got right into the business. You know, everyone says there's like a six month curve, right? I don't believe that. I think there's like a year curve. I was lucky enough to, I was door knocking before I had my license. So the day or two before I even had my physical license, I had a listing and I still didn't make any money for like three or four months. So, and then it's hard to kind of piece stuff together too because, you know, closings take two or three months. You know, what's going to die? What's going to happen here, here? So for me, my first couple of months were, my first like six or seven months were really tough because I'd have a closing and then it's like, okay, well, I got to pay, you know, $1,200 rent. I got to pay car payment, five fifty. Student loans, blah, 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 blah. So it was like, oh, I just made 10 grand. Here goes 10 grand. I just made six grand. Here goes six grand. So I was really, it was tough for me to kind of, you know, just go right into this full time. Um, my first couple closings. So my make or break moment, I think, was like my third or fourth closing. This deal that I put together should have never happened in a million billion years. And it was kind of like, if I just help this family, like, it's almost like addicting. Showing up to that closing, I literally was cashing coins out of like a coin jar just to get to the closing table. I swear to God. It was like, it was, it was miserable. You know, it's not a good feeling when you like literally was eating McDonald's because I couldn't afford to eat anything. I'm sure I could have asked my mom for money. I'm sure I could ask my family, but that's just not my personality. Never asked my family for anything. Do you have McDonald's and you still had abs? I, abs, dude. I'm, <laughs> I do not have abs anymore. I am rocking a, a, a mean dad bod. My girlfriend likes it, so it's all right. Um, but yeah, so I was cashing coins. It was miserable. So my make or break moment was when I finally helped that family. I made my own, like, I made some serious money off the deal. I helped this family that should have never... I mean, even this deal should never happen. It was kind of like, all right, you know what? Like, I could have easily quit ten times. 
I'm in. You know, I'm, I'm in 100%. So did you have like a make or break moment? Yeah, I think I actually had three of them. So the first make or break moment, so similar to you, um, you know, nobody gave me anything. Nobody gave me financial backing. I never asked for anything. Yeah. Everything I did is organic and homegrown, which I love. Yeah. Every day I wake up and I'm proud of myself that that's the case. But Same. my first deal, my first closing ever at Sterling, the guy was threatening to rescind. It was a refi. He was in Washington. So it was a three-day cool-off period to rescind. He was threatening to rescind the whole time. Now, if he would have rescinded, and gone with Quicken Loans, I actually couldn't pay my rent. So literally, and listen, I grew up in Smithtown. We definitely mm-hmm. had money. We did not have, but I didn't want to have to reach out to my parents. Yeah, exactly. My, you know, my grandparents were always close with an ask for money. So I remember the day before he didn't rescind, just like what you said, to your point, I actually had to fill up my car with gas with like a gift card that had like $9 left. So literally, if he would have rescinded, I don't think I would have been in a good spot. But nonetheless, literally, he didn't rescind. He closed. And here I am today. That will be the first one. The second one is, so when I was getting my license in 2017, um, I don't know if you remember, it was like March of 2017. There was supposed to be like this crazy storm in the city. Mm-hmm. So that was the day I was getting my license. So they canceled it, the state. And unfortunately, sometimes when that happens, you don't get a new date for like months. Wow. And on top of that, you can't originate. You can't actually like do business until you get that license. So I was like, oh my God, I waited all this time. I'm so happy. And here's like a storm. And then the storm doesn't even come. It actually like missed us. Yeah. So that was tough just on the emotional side. And then the third side, or the, the, the third piece is that I got my company license. I have the right staff. We have the dream team. We're on with the right lenders. Like we're getting opportunities. You know, I'm about to go onto a helicopter. Dan O'Neill calls <laughs> and look. You know, we love at RCG. We love Save Me Loans. Meaning, yeah. unfortunately, right, wrong, or different, client went to the wrong company. Maybe they're yeah. not as easy to work with, or they're little. Listen, our whole business is very gray area. Some lenders are okay with scenarios. Some aren't. So I'm very competitive, you know, I'm a very like first place is obviously the only place we have to bat a thousand, there can yep. be no mistakes, we have to have the service, you know, a killer service and that whole piece. So um, that opportunity with you, it was like, all right, cool, you're giving us the ball and <laughs> everything kind of came to the culmination at that point because like I said, company, killer team, mm-hmm. I'm with the right lenders, there was mm-hmm. no way we were going to fail you, but like yeah. obviously it was a very difficult loan nonetheless. So at the closing when I met you, I met your father, you yeah, know, yeah. little bro hugging, <laughs> um, that was probably one of the culmination points of my career because specifically, you know, it's like the thing on the business side, you have to have a dream, that dream has to turn into something, you have to obviously execute and mm-hmm. you have to be consistent and believe in yourself and that was I think case in point of, of that. It's good. I'm glad to hear that I was a part of that. (laughs) All right. As we get close to wrapping this up, do you have any advice for anybody that is getting into the mortgage business um, that is becoming a loan officer? What can you tell them? Yeah, it's a great question. So, you know, I would definitely tell them that um, nationally, there's a huge movement for a youth infusion. So what does a youth infusion mean? You know, I think the typical loan officers in their 50s. Same thing thing with us. Maybe not the best with technology. So, you know, kids out of college don't necessarily think, oh, I'll be a quote-unquote loan officer. First of all, the name is horrific, Mm -hmm. loan officer. It's just a weird name. But kids don't just come out of college and say, oh, I'll be a loan officer for a mortgage company. But you know what it is, too? Like, I feel like when when we're going through college, like, nobody teaches you about taxes. Nobody teaches you how to write a check. Nobody teaches you how to balance a checkbook. And no one teaches you about mortgages. So, like... You know, as a 21, 22, actually as an 18-year-old going into college and then coming out at 21, 22, you really don't know much about mortgages at all. It's not what you're thinking. So I have to be like, you know, a lot of these people don't even realize that there's A, a lot of money to be made. B, it's a great business because technically you can make your own hours, schedule, everything like that. 
and see you're helping people out like which is the most important thing which is why I love what I do because you know no matter how successful I can get no matter what I do my main goal and my main why is I, I love helping people so these people that are leaving you know to go down south and they have a tough situation they need to get a certain amount of money they need to leave quick they need to sell their house fast whatever the case is I love being like the main facilitator and setting everything in motion and then doing a great job on them and, and my business model now is you know back in the day I was door knocking four times five times a week making all these cold calls I still do those things in moderation, but now a lot of it is, is just referral based. It's really awesome for me. You know, and just like you said, it's a very, it's a bit of an older industry, you know, loan officers, agents alone, and both. I mean, you know, it's a very older business. So for me to be at my age, to be getting these referrals by these, you know, a, a little bit older than me, you know, families and, and putting their trust in me to do these things. I mean, like you said, I wake up and of course I'm hungry, hungrier than ever and I want to do more, but I am. You know, I've been able to take a little bit of a step back and say, well, you know what, I am a little bit proud of myself and, you know, I've accomplished my year goal. So now it's what can I do for this following year? But um, I really think that a lot of the reason that people don't get into these, this business right away is because they don't know. Nobody really knows. You know, now now a lot of the, the younger people are getting into real estate, but, you know, you're just getting thrown right to the right to the wolves. You're getting thrown right into the fire. So it's definitely tough. Um, I think the last question I have for you is, you know, obviously my why is helping people. What is your why? It's a great question. So somewhere right now, there's this little blonde three-year-old named Daniela, right? And this little blonde one-year-old named Gabriella. So I'm beyond blessed. <laughs> Putting the company aside, I have um, two perfect little girls, two perfect daughters. Now, granted, you know, we did, me and my wife, we did the, you know, cake cut. I was really looking for blue and there was pink. There's a lot of videos on me on social media of like, may or may not put my hands on my no, head. I, I, I think that these, the gender reveals are the funniest shit, man. You ever yeah. watch like the ones that go wrong where these people like, someone's lighting up a firework and it like tilts and shoots at everyone or like, I've just seen like the worst. That's what I do when I go home sometimes. If I'm bored, I literally will watch like gender reveal videos, like yeah. mess ups, but continue <laughs> yeah so so look i was really looking it may have been a mess up i was looking for blue and there was pink but when i tell you that it's the most rewarding thing ever to have two amazing daughters and just experience being you know a present father and everything that goes into having two daughters versus sons um that's definitely my big why that's awesome um i think that's really it do you have any future goals anything you want to say as we wrap this up uh andrew's going to be obviously a reoccurring guest on the show um, but I really just wanted to introduce you to everyone, kind of just get on here and, and BS with you. And um, do you have anything else? Or no, I mean, this is a great opportunity. I'm super excited for you. You know, I'm very much respectful, and you know, I even see some of your zest and some of your different ideas. And like I said, your case in point, the youth infusion this business needs. So I'm excited for you. I'm excited for your future and our future together. I appreciate, it, brother. Thank you very much.